0: listen to them if they aren't at a place where they can talk about it just sit with them you don't have to talk you don't have to say anything they don't even have to talk just be there just be there
1: Now, we are talking about suicide. So this may not be a good fit for everybody. Please take that into account before you listen. But I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com or on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. Special thanks to all of our attempt survivors who have joined me on this podcast and everybody who listens. If this is your first time or you come back week after week, thank you very much. And if you'd like to help us out with a financial contribution, even a small one, it would go a long way. There's a couple of ways to do that, and I will include both of those links in the show notes. Today, I am talking with Alyssa. Alyssa lives in Utah, and she is a suicide attempt survivor. Hey, Alyssa. How you doing?
0: I'm nervous, but I'm okay. How are you? you
1: Why are you nervous?
0: I just want to get this right.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll do the best we can.
0: How are you doing?
1: I'm doing okay. Yeah. Got some good sleep, drinking some coffee, talking to you. Very nice. Now, I know you're in Utah, but where are you right now?
0: I am in my brother's house. I'm in a different room because they are at church right now. So. Okay. I'm the only one here, except for the cat.
1: All right. Well, this could be an interesting starting point. I'm wondering, they are a church. Yes. You are not. No. Why not?
0: Well, it kind of goes along with my story. I just kind of struggle with faith, I guess. Like, I believe in a God um, and Jesus. I feel like, I guess, they care about everybody else but me. (laughs) Ah. So, right.
1: and you are in uh, you are in Utah.
0: Yes.
1: And the uh, faith has played a role in stuff naturally in your life. Yes. This is a podcast about suicide attempt survivors, right. people who have attempted, however they define that, and and the aftermath, and often that includes recovery or the road that they're on. How many times, however you define it, have you attempted suicide, Alyssa?
0: Multiple. I don't know the exact number, but multiple times.
1: How old are you right now? You're in your early 20s? I am
0: 23. Are you sure? <laughs> I think so.
1: 23. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. 23-year-old Alyssa in Utah. Your first attempt, how old were you?
0: 17.
1: Okay. 17 yeah. years old. Yes. All right. One of the questions that's a hard one that sometimes people say, oh, you're not supposed to ask this question is, is you know, Why? Why did you do that? Why, Not in a judgmental way, but like, why did you choose to try to end your life? That's a question I want to ask. I'm curious. That's kind of like, I'm just a curious dude. You're 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Some people, as you know, are like seemingly doing good. They're fine. They're on the cheerleading team or they're playing sports or they're in this club or that club or in school. Do you know why you attempted suicide
0: at 17 years old? I was abused at the age of like four, or five-ish by my cousin. Um, at the time, like it didn't cause a lot of emotional issues until I was a little bit older, like puberty age. So I had like a pretty good childhood, very close mm-hmm. with my family. I was born into a good family. And then when I was 13, 14-ish, Um, We went on a vacation, just my family. Oh, my abuser had just gotten back from his mission.
1: Okay. Um, So hang on. So people are clear on this. When you say mission, this is Mormon world. Yes. Okay. Got it.
0: So when I was abused, when I was little, it was taken care of, um, like legally, everything was good that way. And then he came back. Like I said, when I was 13 or 14, we went on this vacation. I was having a lot of stress and anxiety and stuff. Something happened with one of my brothers while we were on vacation. My brother was also abused by the same person when he was younger. Um, So he has like lingering issues from that. And so when we were on vacation and what happened happened, our stories were a little bit different. And Mm -hmm. so that kind of caused like a conflict with my family and with my brother and me. Everybody kind of clung, I guess, to the idea that it was like my stress and anxiety about like my cousin kind of projecting it onto my brother, I Mm -hmm. guess, because that was the conclusion that protected both me and my brother. And so I understand where everybody was coming from, but being in that situation, I felt invalidated and I stopped trusting myself. Sure. Um so that caused a lot of issues. Um and then my anxiety got really bad to the point where I would like throw up. I would dry heave a lot. Mm. Felt like my throat was closing up. I carried a water bottle with me all the time that became my security blanket. Choir was a huge thing for me. All Mm -hmm. growing up, I had a goal to be in like the big show choir in my high school since like kindergarten. That was my goal. With the water bottle issue that made performing really difficult. Right. So when I was, I think I was a junior in high school, I ended up having to drop out of choir. Okay. Which made it so I couldn't be in that show choir. Um, So I was devastated by that. Right. Started self-harming a lot. So all this was going on. And then.
1: So let me just back up for one sec. So I'm clear. You were abused by a family member when you were very young. Yes. And that went on for some time. Yes. And then he left and came back. And there wasn't more of that. And, I, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, so tell me if I'm wrong here. It sounded like from what you shared, you didn't really get to talk about it and feel like people heard you, understood you, even acknowledged what had happened. Is that
0: accurate? Yeah. But now, like, things are good between my me and my immediate family. Like, we are all good. I don't blame them.
1: I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just sort of getting gauging what it was like then. Yeah. And so you're in high school. You love choir, major anxiety, and you drop out of choir. And are you about, is this about the time you tried in that that time frame?
0: My actual attempt was June 3rd, 2015. I kind of got it in my head that at that point, it was kind of either me or my brother. What do you mean? Because I was having a hard time like being at home. Okay. Very triggering for me. So I kind of got it in my head that it was either me or my brother. And I was like, how can, I can't make like my family pick between us.
1: I'm not clear on what you mean by that choice. So you mean, did you want to kill him?
0: No, 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 no. What do you mean me or my brother? Just in the house, like living there.
1: Okay. Got you. So it couldn't, the two of you together wasn't working. Correct. All right.
0: In my mind, I was like, how can I make them pick? And so I was like, I'll just... Get rid of myself.
1: Right. Got it.
0: You know, I saw myself as the problem. I was causing all these issues in the family. Like it's all my fault.
1: Alyssa, did people in your life, as best you can remember, did they know how much you were struggling?
0: Um, with the anxiety, yes. Um, I'm not sure if they knew about the self-harm yet. Actually, yeah, they did know about the self-harm at that point. Were
1: you were you cutting? Where would you cut your arms?
0: Yeah, that's where it started. And then it slowly like progressed to all over my body.
1: Was that right? Okay. Yeah. So all of that was, you know, hey, you're getting, you're doing the best you can, you're coping. And then June 3rd, 2015, can you tell me about that day and what you did and what happened?
0: So it was like really early in the morning, like two, three, something like that. I had planned on sneaking out of the house when everybody else was like asleep, because I didn't want my family to be the ones to find me. I went in the bathroom, cut, and then got my bag that had all of the pills and everything in it, and then snuck out of the house. I guess I had accidentally let my dog out. Um, Maybe it
1: wasn't an accident. Maybe there was some divine intervention there. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of panicked because when I was in the bathroom, like my dad came and like knocked on the door and stuff. And so I was like panicking, thinking I had kind of been caught. So I was like hurrying to sneak out of the house, Um, ended up going to like a spot near my house, started like taking the pills.
1: How did you have access to enough pills that wouldn't potentially end your life?
0: So I was on pills for anxiety and depression I took like what I had left oh I also had sleeping pills okay because I was having trouble sleeping so I took all of those and then I took an over-the-counter pain pain pill
1: took a lot of pills yeah outside somewhere in the middle of the night the dog gets out you are uh where are you exactly are you like in some meadow are you on the street are you at a schoolyard
0: so I live up on a private property like Big Hill. So I went like down to the bottom of the hill and yeah, just started taking the pills. Um I didn't want to die alone. So I called like the suicide hotline. All right. They took forever to answer. Yeah, I don't I don't know why, but they did and I felt like I didn't have time for that, like to wait for them to answer. So I actually I have no idea why, but I ended up calling 911. Oh, okay. Thinking that it would take like 15 minutes for them to respond, you know, and by then I would, you know, I'd be gone. Obviously, that didn't work. They ended up sending somebody like right away. They okay. knew that like I was in the middle of it, like while I was talking to the operator or the dispatcher, I was still swallowing pills. And then I heard my family coming down the hill. They were, like, calling for me. So I got up and took off running. And by this point, the pills kind of started kicking in. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get very far and ended up laying on the side of the road because, like, the sleeping pills were kicking in. An officer ended up showing up, had to hold me down because I kept trying to run away. Ended up going to the hospital. I don't remember like going there, I don't even remember how I got in the ambulance.
1: But you remember being in the hospital? No. No. Now, now when looking back, people tell you how long you were there? How many hours or days?
0: I was in a coma for like a day and a half or something um, huh? in the ICU, um, in and out of consciousness.
1: From what you've learned after the fact, I mean, were you near death?
0: They were talking about a liver transplant.
1: Wow. Okay. So
0: I was in a coma from all the sleeping pills I had taken. I right. wasn't like responding because I had taken so much and my system was so overloaded. Yeah. That I wasn't responding to a lot of stuff.
1: I'm guessing you didn't get that liver transplant. You didn't need it. No. When do you get out? How many days are you in the hospital?
0: I don't remember for sure because I was transferred to like a children's hospital and got the rest of like the medical treatment there. From there, I went to a pediatric inpatient unit.
1: Okay. How long were you there for?
0: Again, I don't know, probably a week. And then so I went you... to a residential treatment after that.
1: All right. So the the uh, institutions are trying to help you. Yes. Right. So in that moment, when you're 17 years old and you're in those few different places and you get out, you feel like, all right, I'm okay? Or?
0: It helped in some ways. They can only do so much, you know, and at that point, like I was so, I don't know what the right word is, so convinced that I was a problem Mm -hmm. and that I deserved to die, that like I wasn't open to getting that help.
1: Your family, I imagine, knows what happened. Yes. Does your uh, broader community, be that the Mormon community or other people, do they know?
0: I think so. I don't know how much they know. Like the ward that we were in at the time, they knew because like the bishop had come and we had some family friends came outside of my immediate family. I'm not sure how much of my extended family knows the majority of it because I think my mom probably talked to them and my dad too.
1: What do they say, your dad and mom, particularly given the fact that you had shared about this dynamic with your brother? Do they get to learn all that and say, and what do they say?
0: Um, I mean, they were supportive and they wanted to help in every way that they could. Mm-hmm. I felt at the time that I was suffocating, yeah, because all of the attention was on me. You know, trying to make sure like I was okay, and that was really overwhelming, and I felt like I said, suffocating. And I felt like I was being a horrible sister and a horrible daughter because I was taking all of their time. You know, there wasn't time for my other sibling.
1: So your life was really hard, hard enough for you to try to end your life. And then when you're dealing with the aftermath, you feel even worse because you're taking people's time and attention. And energy and
0: money and yeah, right. All that so it's stuff.
1: like this vicious thing you can't get out of. Yep. So are you done with high school at this point? Are you finishing high school? Are you going to plan on a mission? What's your life like?
0: So I graduated high school in 2016. Things were still difficult, but I was able to stay out of the hospital like about a year. I was able to stay out of the hospital like 2016 right. to sometime in 2018.
1: All right, so you get out of high school, are you going to college? Are you working? Are you chilling? What are you doing?
0: I was working.
1: Okay. I know there's a second attempt coming up. In that time before the second attempt, I know it's a really tricky question, like are you ish kind of okay? Are you waiting? Are you planning for that day? Cuz you know at some point you're going to do it again. What are you, what is your mind like?
0: So, I was self-harming. It got really bad. Needed stitches. A lot. And I think that's part of the reason why I was able to kind of stay out of the hospital for so long, because I was doing self harm as a way to keep myself from attempting again.
1: Right. I got that. Right. So in a way, it was truly coping. Yes, it was it was doing a little bit of harm. So you don't do a lot of harm. Yeah. So you are now at that point, you would have been about 20. And so what's going on before the second attempt?
0: Like August of 2018, we went on another family vacation to like the same place. Um, I was stressed about that. I started dissociating. That was very, very dangerous. So I would get two types of dissociating. One where I would pretty much be paralyzed in my body, which was very scary because I would, to a point, like know what was going on around me but i would have no control over my body
1: that sounds terrifying
0: yes it it was very very scary yeah um and then the second type i would get um i don't have any memory of what happens when i would get this one um i would like lose control um i would self-harm sometimes when i would do that type of dissociating. I would try and like run out in the street, like people had to physically restrain me yeah. from like hurting myself. Um and so that was going on. I felt like a lot of my freedom I guess was taken away because people were worried like oh no, when is this going to happen? Where is she going to be? Mm -hmm. Um, I was worried about that, too. And so I felt like I constantly had to have somebody by me. Um, And I couldn't drive because of this. Um, Worried that I would do it like while I was driving. Um, And that would be dangerous, not only for me, but for other drivers.
1: And you're not in a major city with a subway. So when you don't drive, it's limiting. I imagine it limits your life.
0: Yes. But I have an amazing... Mom, and she is my transportation. Not just my transportation, but she is in a position where she can take me where I need to go.
1: Yes. All right. Good mom.
0: She's the best.
1: The best mom.
0: She really is. She sacrifices so much.
1: Do you try the second time with pills again?
0: Yes. So I took pills again. I cut again. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And I tried to. I guess like strangle myself. Okay. Not like hang myself, but I don't know how to explain it.
1: You try. I think the point is you tried a bunch of stuff. Yes. Obviously it didn't work. I, did you, did you go, what happened? Did someone find you? Did you go to the hospital? What happened?
0: So I was in an apartment with, like I had a roommate at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want them to be the ones to find me again. Yeah. Cause I didn't want, it to be like super traumatic for them. Um, And I had a friend at the time who worked with like a fire department. And so I was talking with this person, um, kind of like saying goodbye um, and was just kind of like, don't let them find me. They ended up showing up, had to kind of break in my room because I had moved my bed in front of the door. And then once they showed up, I started dissociating. So I don't remember getting to the hospital. Um, My roommate said that I was like out of control. First responders didn't know what was going on because they hadn't had anything to do with me. So my roommate was trying to explain it to them.
1: A quick question the disassociation, is that, do you know, connected with a particular mental health condition or were you diagnosed with something ever?
0: not really okay. i noticed that i would start to dissociate if i got like overstimulated like there was a lot going on around me and i was super overwhelmed yeah. if i got like really anxious too and then if i was like super depressed like couldn't get out of bed like really depressed
1: yeah and so the second attempt hospital is it sort of the same similar to what happened the first time is anything improved in terms of your treatment?
0: So I went to the hospital and they decided that ECT would be a good route for me.
1: Did they ask you your permission
0: for that? I believe so but at the time too I think I was committed so basically they could decide my treatment. Did they do it? ECT yes.
1: Yeah. How many yeah. treatments do you remember? How many times you had to do that?
0: Um, I think it was like over 20. From my understanding, it is a lot more than what they would normally do. Um, They started out doing like three times a week, and then they would slowly go like two times a week, and then once a week, and then just kind of boosters or whatever, like as you needed it. I think I only got down to doing it like twice a week.
1: Are you impatient the whole time?
0: No. They do the first, I don't know how many treatments, but they do the first little bit while you are in a psych ward and can monitor you. And then they release you to go home and then you just drive to the hospital.
1: Right. Well, well, your mom, super mom takes you. Yes. Yes.
0: After ECT, you can't drive. Ever? No, you can like at some point, but like right after you get the treatment, you can't drive home. You have to have somebody else drive.
1: And that was at least, what, three years ago, if my math is correct? Yes. Does the ECT feel like it's helping?
0: It didn't really do much for me. Um, mm-hmm. I am diagnosed with depression, anxiety, PTSD, and borderline personality disorder. From my understanding, ECT is really good with um, the depression part of it. Like, it doesn't do much for, like, the borderline.
1: Yeah, the borderline is brutal. Absolutely brutal.
0: So... In that regard, ECT didn't do much for me.
1: And when you get out of the hospital the second time, ECT, Supermom is taking you to get your treatments. Uh, you're in your early 20s. I'm summarizing here. I hope I got it right. I'm not trying to like minimize it, just get gauging sort of what's going on with Alyssa's life. What are your days like at that point? Right, You're a young woman. What, what What's your life like?
0: So I have actually been hospitalized like, nine or 10 different times. So Mm -hmm. that wasn't the second hospitalization. That was, I don't know how many happened before then, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just sounds like from your teen years on, it was just really, really, really hard. Yes. So now when you're a young adult, post ECT, post hospitalizations, are you working? Are you, no judgments. I'm just curious. Like, what are your days like?
0: Um, I have a really... Amazing job, super understandable boss. Like they've worked with me through all of this. I started working there in 2017. Oh, cool. And I still currently work there.
1: Way longer than I've ever held a job. So kudos to you, Alyssa.
0: So they were really understanding through all of like the hospitalizations and even like my self-harm. Like they're amazing.
1: That's fantastic. Fantastic to hear that because you don't hear that that often right um that's great and you got a good mom you've talked nicely about your family in general even though i know there was some history with your brother or your cousin i should say you had other attempts yes after the second one right because you said earlier in our conversation there were uh i believe the word was multiple yes but those uh, those first two you sort of said were the quote-unquote sort of big ones so the other ones were more like what's the difference in your mind of those and the first two The other two?
0: The two that I talked about were like the planned out ones. Right. The other ones were more impulsive. Yeah. I guess. So I actually attempted several times when I was actually in the hospital, inpatient.
1: How did you do that?
0: I got really creative.
1: I bet. Okay. You want to leave it at that? That's fine. So the point is you're you're trying. Okay. Did you try other times when you were outside of the hospital? Other than the two.
0: Yes, there was another attempt in um, 2015. It was actually while I was in residential, um, but I was home on a therapeutic home visit. All right. And I ran away with the intent to go to the store and buy pills, but it was rainy outside and cold and the store is over a mile from my parents' house. Didn't end up getting very far. Um, but I still, like, I used a shoelace and tried that way, and that didn't work.
1: How many people in your life do you have that you can talk about this stuff with?
0: My whole immediate family.
1: Is that mom, dad, and one brother? How many other siblings?
0: I have three brothers.
1: They're all at church right now.
0: Um, Everybody but my dad. He has back issues and stuff that make it really hard for him to do a lot of things.
1: Yeah. All right. So it's been more than two years. What's working or helping you?
0: My job is amazing. Like I said, Um, it's a small family owned business and we don't have that many employees. And so I know that they need me. And if I'm not there, then they're going to be scrambling My animals are huge, too. I have a dog. Um, She is a Pomeranian Chihuahua. She looks like a little fox. (laughs) And then I have a cat. And those are my two personal animals. And then my parents have dogs and cats, too.
1: Big family, a lot of animals. Yes. So uh, So more than two years it's been since you tried. You talk your family and your pets and your job. Do you go to therapy or counseling? Are you on medication, that kind of thing?
0: Yes, um, I am on medication quite a bit, actually. And then I also see a therapist usually like once a week. But right now, like she's pretty busy. So it's been probably like every other week or every three weeks that I get in to see her.
1: What are the odds that uh, you'll try again?
0: Pretty likely. I think I'm like chronically suicidal. So the thoughts are always there. It's just how intense they are. As horrible as it sounds, I kind of always have a plan. Uh Uh-huh. Like the just-in-case plan, Mm -hmm. which really sucks. Does it? Yes. Why? if things start to go wrong, like that's where my mind goes automatically. That's Uh, like the default.
1: Do you still disassociate? No, I don't.
0: Um, It was a huge issue for probably like six ish months. Um, And then like, it came on kind of suddenly and then stopped kind of suddenly too. I have no idea why. And then there have been a few times like here and there um, where it has been an issue, but it's not an everyday thing anymore.
1: Do you have pressure in your life? And I'm asking this in part because, well, mainly because of your Mormon community, even though I, I don't think you're an active part of it, right? Correct. Your your voice drops an octave and you say, correct. I can tell you're like, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> Here's the question. You can kind of like say, no, I don't want to talk about that. Do you have any pressure in your life to get married and have children? Because I do know that's a thing in the Mormon community, but you're not really part of that community. Is that like pressure for you?
0: Not pressure from like other people, I guess. More from myself.
1: Oh, you want to get married and have children?
0: Not have children, but I would like to get married eventually. No children? Probably not.
1: Now, I've talked to other people, as you know, and that's come up. And one of the reasons they they say sometimes is that they don't want to pass on to their kids what they have. Does that apply to you, too?
0: Yes, that is a huge part of it. Um, I am not in a place where I feel like I could give them the direction and guidance that they would need. Um, right. And I don't want to mess them up I guess right if that makes sense at all
1: yeah and just Jeanette for me I think like genetically like I don't want to give somebody maybe all my fucked up stuff that's True. just my words for me not anybody else yeah in addition to right just raising them and being there in the ways they need sure yeah do you have any words for people who are listening and I don't know who they are I can look on my podcast host and I get an idea of numbers like how many people downloaded it and what device they were using and what country they're in but I don't really know that much about them so it's a very broad question
0: so I actually made a list
1: oh wow I've
0: listened to your podcast so I know <laughs> kind of like yes. the ending questions that you asked
1: oh I'm gonna surprise you you don't know what's coming
0: well I made a list one is thinking that mental illness looks a certain way. So I was told um during one of my hospital stays that I don't look depressed. That I don't act depressed. Right. Um and that's very like untrue because mental illness has a lot of different faces. You know, it affects people in numerous different ways. It manifests in different ways. Mental illness isn't Prejudice or biased or anything like that. You know, every part of society is vulnerable to it. Mm -hmm. So it's not like one type of person, I guess. Agreed. Another one that you hear a lot is it's attention seeking, or people are faking it. And while there are some people out there who probably do fake it or try to get attention those people still need help. Mm -hmm. You know, that is still like if they are doing it for that reason, they still need help. Agreed. And another one is um, thinking that it's their fault or they are dwelling on the negative or they're talking about it. And so that's why they're feeling that way, which isn't the case when I get, Kind of in that state of thinking, I cannot see the positive. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to focus on the negative or anything. I just cannot see any positives. Mm-hmm. It's not that I want to feel that way. I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody really wants to feel like crap.
1: Agreed. <laughs>
0: and so, so it's not that people want to feel that way.
1: Sure. Those yeah. are the three myths. Okay, and I happen to agree with all of them 100%. Now, let us transition to the second part of your list.
0: Yes, to the people who have um, somebody in their life who is struggling. And I'm trying to like come up with things that I haven't heard other people say on your podcast. One is um, validate how they're feeling. You don't have to agree with how they're feeling or the way that they are coping with it but a huge thing is to validate it. Be like, I see you. I see that you're struggling. I can understand why you're struggling. I want to help you. That's a huge thing. Believing them too, not thinking that they are doing it for attention or faking it, but like believing them, take it seriously because it is serious. Yep. Listen to them. And if, they aren't at a place where they can talk about it then just sit with them you don't have to talk you don't have to say anything they don't even have to talk just be there just be there and then also like invite them to do things Mm. because a lot of people feel alone and feel like they're a burden I mean they may say no that may not be helpful for them but at least they know that you want them there that you want them around. To people who are struggling, um, one thing that helps me is not thinking of it in, like, being here in five years or anything like that. It's more kind of next week. Like, I have TV shows that I'm watching, and so be here for the next episode. And then once that episode comes, the next episode, you know? Because when, if you're dead, like, you can't Watch TV probably. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't like big into watching TV, um, I know a lot of people like nature, so be like one more hike. Mm-hmm. You know, and then after you do that hike, one more. Just small steps to keep you here until the next day, until the next hour, if you have to do it that way. I just want to validate people. Your struggles are real. Mm-hmm you know, you're not faking it, you're not alone, you're not, you know, there are so many people out there who feel similarly. And there are a lot of, um, like Facebook communities, and stuff that you can like reach out to for support of people who have been there, probably are still there.
1: Yeah, and reach out to me if you want to, because I am. Uh, yeah, I, I'm familiar with some of those groups as well, mostly on Facebook. And if you can't find them, Let me know. I'll point you in the right direction for sure.
0: Not one thing works for everybody. So just find what works for you. Yes. And go from there.
1: Thank you for all that. What's this television show that you're obsessed with?
0: (laughs) Um, There's a lot. Um, Right now, I am hooked on the originals.
1: Getting into different worlds. That's very cool. All right. The originals. Thanks, Alyssa. Um, Did I miss anything? Was there other stuff you wanted to talk about?
0: I still think you should share your story.
1: <laughs> I I promise I will soon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I know I would be interested in hearing it.
1: Oh, cool. I appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Oh, another thing that helps me that yes. some people would probably not agree with tattoos. Helps you. Um, I have three tattoos and all of them are like huge for me whenever i go to like self-harm or if i'm thinking about suicide i have one on my wrist that says let my story is over
1: let me see it please all right so what we're seeing here the podcast people can't see this it's a heart with a squiggly line through it and that's
0: a heartbeat
1: okay And then heartbeat.
0: there's a semicolon and then flowers okay um so the heartbeat outside of the heart um, it kind of flatlines. And then once it hits like the semicolon and the actual heart, it starts up again.
1: What are the words?
0: My story isn't over. And then I have one that's right here that is a butterfly. Um, It was a matching tattoo with my best friend. Um, She actually died by suicide in February of this year.
1: Given that you've gone through stuff like that too, do you how do I say this? I lost my best friend years ago. Part of me, this is maybe weird, people push back, but what a part of me was like, you know, he was struggling and miserable for so long. I'm glad he's not in that space anymore just so he doesn't have to feel that pain. Yeah. And then part of me was like, I wish you were here for all the reasons everyone would say that, right? Yeah. Um, you feel the same way?
0: Yeah, she, she had a lot of internal battles. Yeah, Um, that she was struggling for years and years and years with everybody in her life did the best that they could to try and keep her here. She was just tired of fighting it every day.
1: So that butterfly is for her.
0: We actually got them together. It was my first tattoo. Okay. Um, And for me, like it's by my heart. And so it kind of symbolizes change. And the beauty that can come from, I guess, kind of tragedy. Because caterpillars, when they go into the cocoon, um, it's like a whole process. From what I remember, they get, like, crushed and it's, like, kind of gross and stuff. And then when they emerge, they're this beautiful butterfly.
1: And what's the final tattoo, the third tattoo?
0: It is, like, angel wings. And then in the middle of the Angel Wings, it says, um, always keep fighting. And it has another semicolon. It is Supernatural, the TV show Supernatural. One of their um, cast members started struggling with depression and came up with this campaign um, that's always keep fighting. It's for suicide awareness and self-harm and depression, like all of that stuff. It's just awareness for that. Those are my three tattoos. Nice. And they help me a lot. Good.
1: Very good. Nice. Semicolon. What was Thank that? Thank you I cut- for
0: doing this. It's been very beneficial for me. There have been quite a few things that I've written down and gotten from other interviews that you've mm. done. And this is an amazing podcast. It's Thank making you. a difference.
1: I appreciate that, Alyssa. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm just going to keep doing it. And I yep, might yep. even get a tattoo. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Stay well. Uh, I hope your day goes well. And uh, hopefully we can reconnect soon. Okay. You too. All right. Take care, Alyssa. Be well. Bye. Bye. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support and special thanks to Alyssa out in Utah. Thank you, Alyssa. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com or on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. That is all for episode number 71. Stay strong. Do the very best you can. I'll talk to you soon.